0: worship your name on this beautiful Sabbath day. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I I mentioned, we're starting this new uh, Bible study, and it's called In His Steps. And hopefully most of you, if not all, have this book. And it's from the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, talking about our biblical beliefs, our doctrinal beliefs. And it's giving us scriptures because we don't want to just believe someone's opinion but we want to go to the word of God for the real truth of God's word and what he wants us to know about him. As, and it's a nice name. It's called in his steps. As I said earlier And in, in service, it's nice when we ask Jesus to walk with us, but we want to walk with Jesus, letting him lead out and to tell us which way and which direction to go. So one of the things that we want to do is recognize that the highest goal on our highest goal, goal in life is to learn to walk with God as we walk with our friends. And we don't think of God as a friend because he's so much higher than we are. His ways are not our ways, his thoughts, not our thoughts, but our relationship can be one of friendship. And that's what his main thing is, relationship. That's what we need with God. And we do that by walking with him, talking with him, meditating on his goodness, praising his name, as well as studying his word. When we think about Bible uh, patriarchs, Enoch, he walked with God, right? And he walked so closely with God that God just took him right to heaven with him. And then also Noah, the Bible says he also walked with God. And of course, Abraham, the great patriarch, he walked with God and talked with God so much that he was known as the friend of God. I mean, can you get any closer to God than being called his friend? That's really amazing. So Jesus says that he that says he abides in him ought to himself walk so as to walk even as he walks. So if we call ourselves Christian followers of Christ, then he's saying that we need to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. And we do that by learning what he asks of us and then following his word. So one of the things that we want to do is to use this lesson book. And it's, uh, it's very nice. It has a lot of good scriptures to it but it also has a personal application. You can't really have a relationship with God unless it becomes a personal relationship. You know, if you've just got a group relationship or if you just have a team relationship, that's one thing, but we need a personal relationship with God. We have to know him for ourselves so that when the times come where someone comes up and says, Oh, this isn't true, or that's not true. in the, you know, what you believe, We can go to to the word of God and know, yes, it is true. And if God said it, we can believe it and other people can believe it or not. It's up to them. So one of the things we want to do, first of all, is recognize that the Holy Bible, and we want to make make sure that we mention the Holy Bible because there's a lot of other type of Bibles out there, but we're talking about God's holy scriptures and the holy scriptures, old and new, are the written word of God. And it tells us that they're given by inspiration through holy men of God who spake and wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Uh, What do you think the word inspiration means? Anyone have a definition for inspiration?
1: Okay,
0: Okay. Lakita, what does that mean to you? Where it says given by inspiration. Mm So motivated by, okay. Anyone else? What is inspired by me?
2: Encouraged.
0: Encouraged, okay. Motivated,
3: encouraged. Just Anyone to else? inspire. Just to inspire. I'm taking the word apart.
0: Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're gonna find out that. They were inspired, encouraged, motivated, directed, but the Holy Spirit didn't take the ink pen and write it down for them. So it says in his word, God committed to man the knowledge necessary for salvation. So everything we need to be saved is in God's Holy Bible. We don't need anything else, even though God has blessed us with other writings and and, uh, other uh, study helps. All we need to be saved is in his holy scriptures. The holy scriptures are infallible revelation of God's will. Infallible meaning to us what?
2: Unchangeable. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you can depend on it. Now, there's a lot of times where people have disputed God's word. And then after a while, it comes out that they were wrong and that God's word was still right. And there's been a lot of debate, a lot of discussion, a lot of arguments even that what people read in the Bible is not true. One of the problems is that we want to interpret the Bible in our own mind, by our own experience and through our own sight. But that's not possible. We cannot even comprehend the Holy Scriptures of God unless his Holy Spirit gives us that interpretation. So these are God's scriptures are the standard of character test of experience, authoritative revealer of doctrines, and trustworthy record of God's act in history. And I stress that, trustworthy, we can trust God's holy word. Now, there will come a time where someone will challenge you and say, that's not true, or that's not right, or there's no way that could happen, and you just won't even have an answer for them, maybe. You know, there are a lot of, uh, I guess you would call them Bible scholars, who know the Uh, as much of the Bible as they can know, backward and forward, they can quote text and verse, and you just might not be able to intellectually debate with them, but you just have to rely on trust in God's word, trust in his promises. And even if you can't get into a debate with someone about it, you can just say, God said it and I believe it and just stand on his word. And then it will come out later that God's word is true. So how many how many books are there in the Bible does anyone know
1: 66
0: books in the Bible
1: 64.
0: 66 39 in the Old Testament 27 in the New Testament God given us his Bible to reveal his will and to point us to salvation and as we go through our lesson now it says the source of the knowledge is essential, or salvation is what we find in God's scripture. It, if anyone has 2 Timothy 3.16 and would like to read it with us, go ahead, otherwise I will read it. 2 Timothy
1: 3.16.
0: I'm sure you've heard it. It says all scripture. How much scripture? How much scripture? All. Oh. All scripture. All. Oh not a piece of it, not some of it, all scripture, because there's also a lot of debate that all scripture is not inspired, but it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know, I've heard it said that, Uh, when you look at that where it says throughly furnished and people say oh no they mean thoroughly you know completely furnished but it's throughly meaning this word should become a part of you it should be in and out of you it should be through you it should become a part of you not just that you completely learned it or you studied or whatever but it has to become a part of you if it doesn't become a part of you then you're not going to be making the type of life changes and allowing the Lord to make the type of character changes in you that will take you to heaven. So we have to recognize we cannot just be hearers of the word, but we have to be doers of the word also.
4: Which Elder, can to- you
2: tell us what you uh what ch- you said uh that was Timothy, but I didn't hear I what it is first or second and what scripture? Yep. Second, Timothy three. Verse
0: 16 through 17, and it's in the your book, In His Steps. Okay, Andre, you had a comment?
4: Yeah, uh, as opposed to when you talk about lifestyle changes, I look at that as um, you incorporate it in your daily walk with him. The Bible is not situational. It's not for you to pick it up when you're in a certain situation and then you use it for that purpose and then when everything goes good, you put it back down. You know, so the uh, opposite of that is lifestyle. This is not, this is what you need to be doing every day. You'd incorporate it in your your walk, as your, well, soon as you get up, throughout the day, um, when you go to bed, you know, all of that. You know, and the Bible talks about praying without ceasing. So that tells me you're always in connection with him. So it's not a situational book where I just pick it up when I need, you know. That's like, if I have a problem with my shower, I'll go get a manual and find out what's going on with the child. And when I'm finished with it, I put it down. Well, that gave me some instructions for that that piece. The Bible is giving you inspiration and correction for your life and instruction for righteousness to live a righteous life, not just a righteous day or a righteous hour, but a righteous life.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly the point that word. Truly, it should become a part of your everyday life. So that sometimes people say, oh, I'm about to lay my Christianity down. (laughs) You know, no, you shouldn't be able to do that. It should become a part of you. You know, you can't just lay down your stomach or your intestines when you feel like it. It's a part of you. That's how God's word should become a part of us. Any other thoughts on that? Let's go to the next one where it says the Bible is also the revealer of right doctrine and God's will. The Bible is the revealer of Right doctrine, there's a lot of doctrines out there, right? You know, the mm-hmm. scripture even points out people will teach for doctrine the commandments of men, these are not right doctrine, that's just somebody's opinion. But God's word gives us the right doctrine and it lets us know what His will for us is. John 17 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is what truth. truth. truth sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Again, pointing out that God's word is is the right doctrine, and that is he shares his will with us. And Isaiah 8.20 says, to the law and the testimony, uh, back in the Old Testament times, there was the law and the testimony, two main parts of the Old Testament. It says, if they speak not according to this word, is because there is no light in them. So if you hear people talking, uh, saying all oh, the Bible is this, and and God wants that, and Jesus this or whatever, we need to act this way. If it's not according to God's word, that's just their opinion. And you know what they say about opinions. Everybody's got one, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's not according to God's word, we don't have to care about that. That's just somebody's individual personal thoughts on the matter. But when we read in God's word, thus saith the Lord, then we can depend on that. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the light. And the Bible testifies of Christ, the, the uh, truth. So we want to know truth, right? And what's the best way to identify something that's that's counterfeit? Is to know the truth. So that's what we want to study is the truth of God's word. Also, it tells us the scripture is the record of God's dealings with mankind. How is the Bible a record of God's dealing with mankind? How is it a record of God's dealing with mankind? Anyone? What well, do you, you think it?
2: about it as humans. We have a guardian angel that writes down everything. So when we come before God, he already knows everything from the beginning. And it's written by the angels, and they don't make mistakes.
0: Hmm. Amen, Omiel. You had a comment.
1: Yeah, I was saying, I was saying that uh, it's a record of man of the history of humanity. So, even though we may not have the, own, the own, even though we may not have certain facts of what took place back then, according to science, the Bible gives us that record of of the generation of man from back then to our time right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Alvina?
3: Yeah?
0: Oh, you had your hand up. <laughs> oh,
3: no, I'm sorry. I was listening. I'm sorry. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was watching this document. Well, it was a, a nature show, and the people there were talking about different things on Earth, and then the guy said, oh, yeah, about 200 million years ago, this and that happened. And uh, then he kept talking, and then he said, and this uh, volcano, it erupts every 10,000 years. And, you know, my first thought was, how do you know? <laughs> and it's, uh-huh. You're not even going to be around. Nobody's been around that long. And and you're not going to be around for us to say, hey, you were wrong about that volcano. But the Bible gives us a true record of God's dealings with mankind. And if you if you as a Bible scholar, go back and count the time periods that are listed in the Bible and also use your history books and different uh Archaeological finds, you'll find out that the that the earth is about seven thousand years old, according to the Bible. So if you got into a dis, dis uh, disagreement with a uh, maybe some scientist or someone archaeologist, and they say all oh, the world's two hundred million years old, you put your trust in God's word. That's where you put your trust. Trust in God's hey. word. It lets us know what God has done, how He's done it. And he's allowing us to see these things as an example. Go ahead, Alvin.
3: Oh, I thought I've been here six thousand years. Now seven thousand years.
0: Getting close to seven, I believe. Okay, but you can you know you can take and do your own research and count up all the uh, different scriptures in the Bible that talk about time periods. You would have to look at different battles that were mentioned, different uh, kingdoms that were in in. Uh, Power at that time, track it down through, uh probably go to a library or research uh method, and then just follow the follow the dates. And you can go all the way back, you know, and see how far it
3: takes you. That
0: would be You're a really d- good uh thing to do for any of us.
3: Yeah, you ever done that before? No,
0: I haven't. I've looked at I've noticed some of the things, like if you look in the Bible and it says um it mentions a certain ruler, Agrippa. Then you can look in the history books and it'll say Agrippa reigned in 357 BC or something like that. And then you go back and it says Egypt, uh, Pharaoh, uh, King Knesset or whoever. You can go back in history books. You can read the hieroglyphics off Egyptian tombs and it'll say King Knesset reigned in uh, 4500 BC. You know, so you can track it back like that as far as you can go. And then um, the main point is trust God's word. God's given us these things just to uh, let us see that he is true. His word is true. And many times people dispute it. And then science later on comes and says, oh, yeah, the Bible said this and that happened. And we just found evidence of it.
1: You know, so Mm -hmm. a lot
0: of things happen. Go ahead, Emilio.
1: No, I wasn't saying anything, sorry. I was okay. going to
4: tell um, Alvina she can, mm-hmm. be a, I can be her assignment for next week to do that research this week <laughs> and come back and let us know. Thank I, you. Alvina. I'll wait for you to do it then you tell me all about it. <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure
0: it'll take more than a week to do <laughs>
3: <laughs> You know, okay. Elder, uh, Elder
2: mm-hmm. Carroll, I remember growing up and I used to hear people saying there was no way that Noah built no art and all this stuff. And then in my lifetime, I got a chance, uh, like you said, one day I, I, I was watching one of those discovery uh, stations on TV, and I didn't have cable, and I still don't have cable. But it, it showed that the art had been found, and I was like, when I was younger, mm-hmm. all I heard was these so-called Christian people back home saying, you know, that's just you know, the illustration. He didn't build no art, and I was like, see, God's word is always true.
0: That's right. Yeah, I remember that too. And a lot of different things happen like that. They find different artifacts with names and dates on them that uh, exactly what the scriptures say. You know, it's just pretty amazing how that works. Um, There was a a Greek or Hebrew uh, historian. I used to like to read his books too. And his history was lining up right with what the Bible said was going to happen before it ever happened. So, you know, there are historians back then who kept track and you can read some of their writings also to see that God has made a record of his dealings with mankind. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 11, all these things happen to them for examples and they are written for our admonition or to warn us upon whom the ends of the world are come. So God wants us to know what he did then because he wants us to believe what he's going to do in the future as well. And Andre, you mentioned earlier about the Bible being about Jesus, about Christ. And it says, all scripture is Christ-centered. John 5, 39 and 40 says, uh, Jesus says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So he's telling us, search the Holy Bible. That's where you find out about eternal life. And they testify of me, Jesus Christ. So everything in the Bible is pointing to Jesus because he is the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the earth. And the point being, whether you read the Old Testament or the New Testament, the Old Testament points forward to Christ, the New Testament points backward to Christ, but they both meet at the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's the the great plan of salvation. That's the theme that we should be meditating on both day and night. Um, also psalm 119 that was another verse uh, that's a lot of verses so you might want to read that a little later that's 119 81 130 through 136 but it's, uh, the psalmist is talking about all the wonders of god that he has uh, been privy to and seen and heard for himself and then also hebrews 4 12 says for the word of god is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. How can the Bible be a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart? Anybody how can the Bible how can the Bible determine your thoughts and your intents of your heart?
2: Because I think it points out the way of righteousness and it shows you how your thoughts and your intents deviate from that.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. Anyone else? How is it a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the
3: heart? In well, when you... You know, on... Go ahead.
2: So well, you go ahead.
3: <laughs> I would say when you're looking at reading the Bible, you see, you know, the human being like us make a mistake, mess, and we're like, man, just looking at their lives, we can see how they messed up and how we can mess up, but we can learn from their mistakes. And say so you, you start off right, and some of those kings ended up so wrong. Mm.
0: Yeah, good point, Patsy.
2: Yeah, I think on Central States Conference, I think it's Pastor Plummer that usually says, if I look at myself, I can see I cannot see how I could ever be saved. But when I look at Christ on, on the cross, how could I not be saved? And so it makes you realize that you are so far from God, but God is, was willing to go on that cross and to shed his blood so that you will have a chance through the Holy Spirit to get to know him, to have a choice for yourself. Either you're going to follow God and you're going
0: to do what he asks, or you're not. Okay, then. <laughs> All right, that's good. Very true. You know, uh, Karen had mentioned uh, beforehand that when we look into the scriptures and we have a thought about something we're thinking of doing or something we want to do or have done or whatever, and then God, God's word reveals to us that that was not a good thought you know, that was not according to God's word, what you were planning on doing. That's not what God wants you to do. Or on the other hand, it is what God wants you to do. So you'd be free to do it. But yeah, it does point out if our thoughts are evil, or if our thoughts were kind and loving, you know, and and as we study and read God's word, he's giving us direction. He's giving us guidance so that As he said, his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. He's trying to let us see which pathway to take in life. Let us see which step to take next. And as we study God's word, it'll let us know this is the right way, walk ye in it, or this is not the right way, don't go in that way. So as we study his word, it does bring out our own personal, it's our own personal thoughts and intents to the heart that the Bible is is discerning. And it's not discerning it for other people, it's discerning it for you, for you yourself, so that you can know and so that you can align your life with God's Holy Word. We mentioned uh, um, at the start that God, that the Bible, the Holy Bible is God's inspired and infallible message to humanity, but it must be studied with his guidance, the guidance of his Holy Spirit. And we must not add to or subtract from it. What would be wrong with me adding something to the Bible? I think I could think of some good things to add to it. What would be the problem
3: with that? Because it says not to. Okay, no, add or take thing.
0: away. That's
3: the um, first problem.
2: And then you make yourself God, because you're changing the word of God, so you done made yourself a God.
4: Oh, that's a good one. In the scripture, oh, yeah. though, I'm probably going a little bit ahead of you. But when I read this last night, the scripture said, if you do that, he will take your name out of the book of life. That's how serious it is. Mercy.
0: Yeah. Anyone else? Why shouldn't we add or take away from God's word?
1: Because I think because it, it, it would be misleading. It would be misleading to to uh, to God's purpose for humanity. Uh, for one, you know, the Bible is just, pointing us to, the right way the truth and the life so when we add to it we're adding we're adding base of our own experience and base of our own knowledge which mm-hmm. god already tell us that you know his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are and thoughts. he already know the future from the end so whatever god has inspired um whatever god has inspired man to do in terms of writing the bible it is for our own benefit and for ours and for and for our own salvation so when somebody add to it it, it, it is gonna differ, it's gonna differ from what God or the way that God wants us to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. All all excellent answers. Lakita, you had um, Okay. And and as we had talked about earlier, this is God's word. This is a revelation of his character. So if we add to it and take it away, like Alvina said, we think we're God and we're adding and taking away from his word. It no longer becomes his word. It becomes man's word. So we have to be very careful because this is what um, how we're all going to be judged by the law of liberty and by God's holy scriptures, which talks about salvation through Christ. So suppose I decide uh, I don't like that part about Jesus dying on the cross. I'm going to take that out of the Bible. That would be a real mess, wouldn't it? Yeah. Nobody will be saved because it's not in there that we need Christ to be saved. Or suppose I put in there, uh, in order to be saved, you have to bow down to Lee Carroll and do what he tells you. That would be wrong. Nobody's going to get saved bowing down for me. So, uh, first of all, what we put in there wouldn't be true necessarily. It definitely wouldn't be God's word. And it would be leading people astray. One of the things you have to be careful of, if you like watching uh, TV evangelists or you like reading uh, different religious books, you have to be very careful that people have not taken away or added to God's holy word. So you just have to be very careful. Um, We'll we'll read a little more about that.
3: Hey, and and and, several. Hello?
0: Go ahead, Alvin.
3: In different versions of Bible, they got a part where you have to uh, pray away the demons, but they don't have to, as a fact, you have to fast in some of them. You have mm. to fast to get rid of some of them. In some Bible, they don't mention the fasting.
0: Yeah, like I said, there's all different types of Bibles. We're trusting in the Holy Bible of God. And one of the reasons you have to be careful, because there are a lot of different, Uh, paraphrases, which means they change the word to something else like, I guess, uh, what's it called? I think the amplified is paraphrased. They've added a lot of stuff to kind of make the point clearer, but you have to be very careful. There's also uh, translations where they they try their best to go word for word and just make it into a different language. But in some cases, there wasn't an exact word in this language from the other language. So they might put that in brackets or something. So you kind of have to be careful now. Uh, Some Bibles apparently, uh, as they say, the King James was diligently compared to the original Greek and Hebrew scriptures. You know, that was the whole plan was to go back to the original and then translate it, not paraphrase it, but translate it into English. Uh, But again, we have to trust in God that his Holy Spirit interprets this for us. And if we get off into a version that God doesn't want us to be in, let's pray and ask him to show it to us so that we can come back to the one that's going to lead us to the truth that he wants us to know about. Uh, Okay. And then also let's look at uh, where it says 2 Peter 1, verse 20 through 21. Also, we shouldn't be adding and subtracting because it says, no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. Nobody should be putting their own private interpretation on God's word. It says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. It wasn't man's will wrote this, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy ghost. So these people that wrote the Bible scriptures were moved by the Holy spirit. They were, inspired by the holy spirit they were motivated by the holy spirit they were led by the holy spirit uh, and given visions etc so you can't just add and subtract your own private interpretation to god's word
4: when i think about that lee i think about how lazy a lot of people are i'll just say we are where we just go by what the pastor says so uh-huh. He may have an interpretation of it. And then Mm. you hear people saying, well, my pastor said, and well, my pastor said this. And so you ask him about certain things in the Bible. My pastor said, your pastor, we're not going by his interpretation. What did the Holy Spirit show you? Well, Mm. the Holy Spirit probably didn't show them anything because they haven't been studying. They've just been going by the pastor. So Mm. that's what comes to mind when I hear about your own interpretation, you know. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, uh, Andre, I had an elder that said one time, he said, this is what you say when they say my pastor say, he said, well, they tell him, what if your pastor is wrong? Exactly. Where you gonna be at when when God comes? Exactly. especially when you when, when you're talking about the Sabbath, you know, I hear more people say, "Well, my pastor say," and I I, I kind of just listen, but uh-huh. I said, and, and then that question do pop up. Well, if your pastor telling you don't worry about what day you worship, and you and God is God's day that's holy and been sanctified, one if peace wrong. Where you gonna go at right. the end of time?
0: Exactly. Yeah, and that's, again, another uh, point the Bible brings out, a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart, because you have to ask yourself, if a person is purposely misleading folks, what are their intentions? What are they thinking about doing? Why are they purposely misleading people about God's word? They have to be something in it for them. Many times it just boils down to ego or money or prestige or whatever, like you think about the the Pharisees back in Jesus' day. They didn't want to believe in him because of prestige and ego and power and money. So their thoughts and intents of their heart was evil. And the scriptures brought that out. Let's also look at uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14. Also talking about God's word is inspired. We should not add and take away because we don't know we have no clue about what God God has planned for us in the future other than what he has revealed to us. And if he doesn't reveal everything he's thinking to us, there's no way we could handle that. So it says, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit, For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knows no man, but only the spirit of God. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we speak of, not in words of man's wisdom, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man doesn't receive the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. God's word is spiritually discerned. We cannot understand it by ourselves. We cannot interpret it by ourselves. It's only through his Holy spirit. Will any of it make any sense to us because we're humans. And we don't think like God and we don't comprehend like God. We don't understand like God. And his thoughts are so far above ours that we can't even imagine the things that he's thinking and what he has planned for us.
4: When I think about the scripture, I think about the scientists of the world and the most, as we air quotes, call intelligent, most intelligent folks. There's a man, um, his name is uh, Neil deGrasse, black yeah, guy. I know. Very, very intelligent scientist. He can explain all kinds of solar system stuff and just all kinds of stuff. He's a very intelligent man. But I heard him once talking about people who believe in some type of a savior. Somebody's going to come in this space and, and, and they're going to come and rescue us and we're going to be lifted up in the clouds. And that stuff is not going to happen. And he just talked down about even the whole concept of some kind of cloud coming and people are going to come and a is going to come. And he just dispelled all of that stuff. And I thought, well, you would not understand that, sir, because the, you are of the wisdom and the spirit of the world and not of God. These things that just scripture just talks about is the wisdom of the spirit of God that we are having our spiritual discernment comes from god's holy spirit so if you're not in line with that i don't care how smart you are i don't care how much you understand about this solar system you're not going to understand those things and so a lot of times you get people that try to debate you about oh that's not going to happen and i thought i was telling karen last night i said if we were living back in the days of, of noah Those same guys, that Neil deGrasse would say, can you imagine water coming from the sky? It's never happened. That can't happen. Water can't come from the sky. It didn't make sense to them. But Noah listened to the voice of God and said to prepare for this. And it did happen. Just because it hasn't happened before doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So we must listen to the spirit of the Lord and not just read this book as if it's some kind of uh, um, textbook for school. We need to do this in in, with the spirit with us to be able to understand these things. Man,
0: we should, every time we open the word of God, pray for Holy Spirit's uh, inspiration and, and um, to help us to understand it because otherwise we won't, we'll just make it up as we go along. And yeah, I like listening to, uh, Watching some of those NASA shows. So, he, a lot of times, what they're doing is they're really counteracting their own logic because he's saying, How can you believe in a savior coming back? It's never happened. And yet, the same person believes in black holes, uh, mm-hmm. red giants, and white mm-hmm. dwarfs. So, right. how can you believe in that, which you've never seen? Mm. Right. Stars That's and
4: stuff. Great point.
1: O'Meill, you had a comment? Uh no, I was just saying, basically, basically the same thing that Andre was saying that um, you know when it, it it's not natural for man, it's not a natural tendency for man to just understand the Bible um naturally, mm-hmm. because yeah. our, our intent are not are not our, our intents are not good, our spiritual you know we're we're born in shape and shaping in sins or pen or natural tendencies to do the wrong thing. So we mm-hmm. we it's hard to even comprehend and understand the Bible um, without approaching it from a holistic way. You know, um, asking God to give us wisdom and understanding because the text tells us that the, the word didn't come. The word didn't came to man. Came by the will of man. It didn't came by the will of man, but but holy men speak as they were moved. So, um, it, it's 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 not natural. It's it's hard for us to understand the Bible. Without asking God to give us an understanding, and I, and I think that's that's the reason why we have so much denomination. Um, is because people have different understanding of the Word of God, and sometimes I feel like um, people people understanding of the Scripture. Um, sometimes it derives from maybe their past, their culture, their background. You know, people that that's how people relate. Sometimes. And that's not that's not holy. That's a that's not what God. That's not holy. Bible is supposed to be um, understood. It may have a history, but the the purpose and will of it is is for you know for the righteousness or the spiritualness of man.
0: Amen. Excellent points. Yeah, we have to recognize other people. They might not believe God's word, and they'll they'll be quick to tell you. But our trust is in the word of God. And I guarantee you, when you stand on the word of God, what it says, and believe in uh, his holy prophets and believe in his testimonies, you're going to come out right. Now, it might not happen immediately when you're in the middle of your discussion or whatever, but it will come out that God's word is right. And the people that were saying ahead, oh, that ain't going to happen, then somehow they don't have nothing to say or they'll just disappear, or they'll try and act like, yeah, that's what I meant, you know. <laughs> that's, no, that's not what you meant, okay? You try to use man's wisdom, and man truly doesn't have any wisdom. All our wisdom yeah. comes from God. Yep. Uh, now, I'm also so too. Is there, Emil mentioned about different cultural differences. A lot of people don't believe it in the Old Testament, yep. and some people only believe in the New
4: Testament. What do you think about that? how do you even make sense of some of the things that were told in the new testament because it reflects some of the stuff in the old mm-hmm. how do you even get the whole story if somebody says yeah so um here's the keys um so just go ahead and drive the car well what car what what what, what are the keys fit to? i mean you got to give me the whole story you can't give me mm-hmm. half the story So how do you just go into the New Testament not knowing some of the things that's referring to back in the Old Testament? So if the Old Testament is testifying of the one that is to come, then how how do you even reconcile one from the other? You need both, is my point. You need both testaments. Mm -hmm.
0: Two halves of the same coin. Right. You got to have them both to make a full coin. So Luke 24, 27 says, Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, expounded to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So at that time, they only had the Old Testament, but Jesus was expounding all those references that pointed to him as the Messiah. And then he said to them, these are the words which I spake to you while I was with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalm concerning me. So he's saying all these things written in the Holy Bible are going to come true. And we need to remember that, too. Uh, When we read Matthew 24 or some of the other verses, that's revelation that say what's going to happen in the future is going to happen, whether you think it is or not. You know, we have to be aware of that, that none of us can tell the future, but God can. And he's saying this is going to happen in the future. If I'm a a person who can tell the future, and I've been right all this time, and I tell you this is going to happen in the future, you'd be foolish not to believe it. And God is doing that. He's been proven right since history began, and he's telling us these things are going to happen in the future. We will be wise to believe it and trust in his word.
2: You know, Carol, you know, when you made that comment that some people only believe in the New Testament, then mm-hmm. you then if if you don't go back and and believe in the old testament then Christ was never born <laughs> so how can you <laughs> say you believe in the new testament because the old testament brings about why he came to this earth what he did and 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 so if you're saying let's throw that out then you have to throw out that you cannot believe in Christ because all you're saying is he never
3: came hmm.
4: Yeah, the yeah. old
0: testifies of the new, and the new
3: testifies of the old. Yeah, some people don't believe in the, like they don't believe in the uh the New Testament. They just read, like my sister, she doesn't believe in the New Testament. so I don't understand. And and she she believes hmm. God, but she don't believe Jesus the Son of God. Okay. Her name that's is Pretty. Her name is uh-huh. Angel, so pray for us. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so that's pretty so much I mean, the um. Orthodox Jewish believe. They believe it's in God. kind not of that. Jesus in that. was his son. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah
2: Jehovah's Witness kind of is on that same line.
0: Yeah, you'll find that people want to believe certain things. You know, there are people who believe the Ten Commandments are done away with because they don't want to follow them. They just want to be lawless and do whatever they want. So far as they can see the commandments are done
3: away with.
0: You know, you yeah, have to you can be very feel.
3: careful. You can kill people, steal, you can do all those things. You can do do all those things, but you can keep the savage, too.
0: Yeah, and people, uh, as we said earlier, people tend to want to believe what they already believe, but the Bible discerns that, no, you know you're wrong. This is right, and what you're saying is incorrect. So, again, determining our thoughts and intents of our hearts.
2: and that's where they add or they subtract things to make it fit into their lifestyle.
4: And yeah. also yeah. goes back to the interpretations what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Some
3: things are just plain. Some things are just plain. Well, the Holy Spirit should make it plain. But they not. Uh, they don't have the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, that's the whole point. We have to have inspiration from God from His Holy Spirit in order to understand. O'Mill pointed out that um, that's where a lot of the, all these denominations come from because everybody's pulling out their own, you know, own interpretation of the scriptures. Or I like this part, I'm gonna keep that part, and I like that part, I'm gonna keep that part. But God's Bible is one big hole, you have to accept the whole. You can't just pick and choose like cafeteria style. Yeah,
1: and it, it just goes to show how different we are as human beings, like everybody is different. But it it, it 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 also shows you know where God wants to get, get 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 us in a unity where all of us have the same mind, the same mm-hmm. goal, the same aspiration, that this mind be in me, which was in Christ Jesus. So if 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 all of us have the same mind, it means that we have the same, the same you know, objective, you know, but if somebody if somebody, because of it, because of these different understanding and these different interpretations, that's why it is so hard. And it's hard even for a person who, who do not know Christ or who, you know, try to find a home church. But when they hear one mm-hmm. preacher saying something or one church saying something or one denomination saying something, it's kind of confusing for them. It, it makes it harder yeah. for them to make a decision. So yeah. so that too, I think that is one of the things we need to pray for too. Like people who out oh, there who they want God are they're trying to they're searching for the truth, but because the because in Christendom there's so much different denomination, so much different interpretation, it makes it confusing for them to just make yeah. a decision.
4: Very
0: true, very true. And then also we're talking about Bible study. <clears throat> you can't just study the Bible once one day and say, okay, I'm. <laughs> that's it. You know, the Bible is far beyond our comprehension. And if you read the exact same scripture three times, the Lord might show you something different each time that need, that you need to recognize or, or something that might assist you in your walk with Jesus. So we want to study daily Bible study is the best way to do it. It's important to keep us from deception. Again, if you don't know what counterfeit money looks like, It's easy for people to give you counterfeit money. If you don't know what the real, true money looks like, they'll hand you counterfeit money all day. But when you study your Bible, you meditate on it, you ask God to uh, give you the wisdom to understand it, now you have the truth. And then nobody can tell you something wrong because you know the truth when you hear it. And so that way you'll know error when you hear it too. It says, Acts 17, 11 These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, talking about the uh, Christians, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. How often? Daily. Daily, whether those things were so. And someone mentioned about listening to the preacher. (laughs) That's all good. But you need to study the scriptures to make sure, find out whether those things that were spoken of are true. And many people believe through their Bible study. And then Proverbs 35, verse five and six says, every word of God is pure. He's a shield to them that put their trust in him. Don't add to his words unless he reprove you and you be found a liar. So again, don't add, don't take away from the word of God. Just read it, study it, meditate on it. Ask the Holy Spirit's interpretation so that we can be walking down the, the right path with Jesus. And be by his side, and then uh, First Thessalonians says two thirteen. For this cause we thank, for this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as in truth the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. Again, this is the word of God. This is not something man wrote. This is not a fiction book. You know, this is a type of book that will change your very soul and save you with eternal life. No other book can do that other than the Holy Bible. And then our final verse is Revelation 22, verse 18 and 19. I testify to every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man, meaning mankind, of course, if any man shall add to these things, God shall add to him the plagues written in this book. If any man takes away the words of this book, God will take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things written in this book. So again, we don't want to add or subtract from God's word. We just want to read it, study it, meditate on it, and accept it as God's inspired, infallible word written by his holy men of God who were moved by the Holy Spirit. Um, Finally, it talks about personal application. We had mentioned it doesn't do us any good to study the Bible and then just keep on doing what we've been doing. It doesn't do us any good to hear a good sermon, shake the pastor's hand, and then go on doing what we've been doing. We have to allow the Bible to change us. There's that personal application that where I was thinking this way, now I've studied. Now I know that this is the right way. Now I got to start walking in it. God, uh, being the greatest being in the universe, took time to reveal to us through his holy Bible, and we need to commit some time to a prayerful study of his word. You know, I had a, a friend that used to like those Harry Potter books, right? And this person read through all those books without stopping. But how many times have people read through the whole Bible without stopping? How many times have we even read one chapter without stopping? And many people can't get through one verse without stopping. You know, and claiming their head hurts or they don't understand it or whatever. But we need to take time each day and commit ourselves to prayerful study of God's word. And then once we study and find something that God wants us to do, we need to allow him to make some changes in our life to come into harmony with God's will, not my will. Not my will be done, but your will be done, dear God, in my life. And it says, the question is asked too, Which of your friends, family members, neighbors, co-workers will be helped by discovering that God has revealed himself in the Holy Bible? Who can you think of personally that you would like to talk to and say, you know, God has revealed himself in his Holy Bible. He's telling us about salvation through Christ and how our sins can be forgiven and about eternal life in heaven with him. Wouldn't you like to know more about that? Think of who you can ask that question to. Might be a friend, might be a relative, might be a neighbor, could be anybody. Maybe somebody you're just talking to on the bus or on the street corner while you're waiting for a bus or whatever at the grocery store, maybe. And uh, we have to remember the purpose is to build our relationship with God so that we can pray to God as a friend, we can speak to God as a friend, we can listen to God as a friend, and we can walk with God as a friend. So I uh, really appreciate everybody's participation. That was uh, lesson one, where we learned about the Holy scriptures being inspired by God and written by holy men as they were moved by his Holy spirit, infallible, trustworthy, and a revealer of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. So we always want to put our trust in God's word, no matter what man may say. Um, Next week we'll be studying out of the testimonies. Um, then the week after that we'll be on lesson two, which is the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That'll be our second lesson study. Karen, if you're still on, what is the what are we going to be studying next week in the testimonies?
2: Uh in the testimonies, we're still in uh testimonies for the church, volume one, and we'll be studying chapter one eleven. Chapter one eleven.
0: OK, thank you. Appreciate everybody coming on. Sister King, we appreciate you tuning in. Got here uh, towards the end, but we appreciate your time and your interest. Uh, at this time, we'll close out with the word of prayer. Uh, did you have a, a comment, yeah. Sister King?
2: Yeah, I was just going to tell you guys thanks. And I heard all of it. I was on Facebook at first, but I wasn't oh, okay. able to. I, I wrote comments and on Facebook, but nobody could see them, I guess.
1: So, Oh, OK.
2: Okay, thank you, guys.
0: I enjoyed it. We appreciate that. Okay, we'll close out with a word of prayer once again. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word, which you've given to us, that we might know the truth and that the truth will make us free from deception and from error and from Satan's tricks. We thank you so much for your Holy Spirit given to help us to interpretate and interpret and understand your Holy Word. And we thank you, dear Lord, for the privilege and opportunity that you give us to study your word that we might be uh, approved of God, workmen who need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. In the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you so much. Amen and amen. Appreciate everyone tuning in again. Tune in next week at 2.30 and invite someone to join, join you.